It's Inflation Day. The long-awaited US CPI is out later on. What will it be and what will the reaction be if it comes up with a surprise in either direction? Also, CPI for China and their PPI numbers too. What will that uh, tell us about the hope of dampening inflation? So we'll look at all of that. And what can we take out from the positive outlook in a NAB business survey yesterday? We're seeing a lot of good news is bad news lately. Is this just another case of that? It's Wednesday, the 10th of August, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, at last, there is some caution in equity markets. We'll look at why this morning. The Nasdaq is down 1.2%. We've got a 0.4% falling the S&P 500 and a 0.2% falling the Dow, but it is largely tech stocks. In Europe, the DAX is down 1.1%. The same for the Eurostox 50. Not much going on uh, in the UK. Bond yields are rising up four basis points for 10-year treasuries with some flattening of the yield curve. So the 210 spread is going deeper down to minus 48 basis points now. It's been a downwards trajectory all month and the lowest during this whole pandemic episode. In fact, you know, it's it's only ever been this low ahead of recessions. So stand by. Uh, Aussie 10-year yields, by the way, down three basis points yesterday. They've gained four basis points in the futures overnight. Not much movement in the US dollar and the DXY, but the Aussie dollar has fallen almost half a percent after its big gains yesterday. It's sitting around 69.6 US cents. The Canadian dollar is down 0.3% as well. Other than that, little movement in uh, in major currencies. Very small movements in oil as well. Brent is still hovering around 96.5 US, uh, US uh, dollars. Uh, so inflation day today. Uh, let's get into all of that uh, shortly with NAB's Rodrigo Catrill in Sydney. First of all, uh, those market moves, not a great deal, although interesting, isn't it? The equity market starting to move down now as though they have got the memo that it's not all looking that great. And, uh, you know, and, and those uh, those yields obviously pointing to a, uh, increasing recession risk, you'd, you'd assume. Morning, Phil. Um, yes. So I suppose that there's also this uh, I suppose, wariness, if you like, in markets ahead of the CPI print, the US CPI print tonight. So yep. that, that probably is keeping people on the sidelines as well. Uh, but in terms of the, the equity market itself, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a semiconductor story. We, we had Micron technology uh, warning of, of yet another, uh, you know, evidence of a decline in demand for chips. Um, yesterday we had NVIDIA. So there's certainly a theme developing here in terms of the microchip uh, industry that there, there's a clear collapse, if you like, of demand. And, and I suppose that's important because it can be a bit of a well bellwether, given that microchips are nowadays used in so many things from cars to washing machines. Um, so it's certainly signaling a, a sharp decline in demand. Uh, and um, that's certainly sort of gathering a little bit more attention in markets and it's certainly been the, the cause for the decline in equities in the US over the past couple of days as well. Right, but I mean, but there was a stage where there was a complete shortage of them. So, you know, it's come full circle on that basis, hasn't it? So, I mean, can we really extrapolate that and say, oh, look, you know, if we're, if we're buying less computer chips, that means the economy must be ready to tank? Well, I suppose that's the question, right? Is, is this also kind of that theme that uh, Tapas always reminds us of uh, in terms of a decline of goods demand, now that we're normalizing, if you like, going back to how we were in terms mm. of lifestyle. Um, so maybe it is sort of a, a normalization rather than a, a decline into depression, in a sense. Uh, 
that remains to be seen because there's yeah. so much noise in the data. But certainly, uh, in terms of the, the theme, if you like, it's, it's certainly an evolving one because it's not just one company. It's now all of a sudden it's a few companies that are reporting the same dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll see how it pans out. Let's uh, Before we look at the inflation numbers today, let's look at yesterday, the NAB Business Survey. You, if Looking at that, you would be mistaken for thinking there's no concerns about the future of the economy. Business confidence is above average. Conditions have strengthened. Forward orders are strong. Uh, capacity utilization is the highest it's ever been. I'm not sure that if, if that's good or bad. But I mean, generally, those numbers are all very positive. And yet, you know, at the same time, we've got consumer confidence telling a very different story in Australia. Yes. Uh, so businesses are doing well. And, and I suppose the interesting thing at all of that, as you mentioned, that all the components of, of the survey were quite solid. So profits, employment, all increasing in July. Uh, and trading as well. Um, mm. Now, the, the other dynamic, of course, is is the inflation dynamic within the survey, which we think is super important. Yeah. Um, and then we've we, essentially we have seen yet again an acceleration in those price indicators. Uh, with labor costs surging, uh, I think it was over four percent, four point six percent. Yeah, four point six percent for labor costs, five point four percent for purchase costs. So they and they are getting passed and on. Final price is two point seven. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the point. So mm. at the moment. The strength of the business side is that things are going okay because they've been able to pass on those those costs in, into higher prices as well. Right, um, but that's and, bad and for that, good for those companies. But why the consumers so depressed? Yeah, we, <laughs> because yeah, everything's costing we're more. We're all seeing that yeah. the rise in prices. Yeah. That's right. So, um, and I suppose that the relevance within the the, the, the consumer reading um, is that. Um, within the survey itself, in terms of consumer confidence, it's not always been the great sort of indicator of what how markets and the economy performs. But the one that is more interesting within the survey is the um, uh, the um, the question around whether it is a good time to buy a dwelling, for instance. Right. And that's fallen at 8.4%. So certainly, again, reflecting those concerns in the in the housing market and, and sort of if you like, reinforcing the view that probably there's a little bit more pain to come, yeah. Right, but I mean that's that that, that is pretty obvious, isn't it? So I'm, I'm wondering whether because that obviously that feeds into that top line number, which has gone from eighty three point eight to eighty one point two. I mean, if you've got a central bank which is hiking interest rates, then obviously that's uh, that's having an impact on house prices. People are feeling less less confident because they're they're worried about the you know the future of the uh, of their house price, how much. You know, equity they have. Uh, you know, is that going to is that going to dwindle? You know, everyone that that obviously the Australian economy. Everyone is very concerned about the value of their yeah, house. It's the wealth effect, and then yeah, all of a sudden yeah. you become a bit more cautious. All right, and then uh, the, the other interesting thing yesterday was uh, job numbers declined in July, the second month in a row. So have uh, job ads peaked, and is this a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, does it mean things are, are evening out and we're getting a less tight labour market, which you'd have thought maybe the you know the central bank would be very keen to see, the RBA would be keen to see, well, the Fed certainly uh, wanted to see job numbers down, didn't they? Uh, the big drop, a massive drop of uh, since April, 41% in uh, hospitality and tourism ads. So I'm not quite sure what that means. Does it mean that we've got more migrant workers coming in and taking those jobs or... Does it mean people uh, aren't, aren't applying for those jobs or they're too expensive or companies are giving up employing people? Um, you can read this in many ways, I think, Rodrigo. Yeah. Well, I suppose that, I mean, we, we haven't yet seen the huge influx of mm. migrant workers. And I think that that's been one of the themes that all the visa um, paperwork that is required and, and, and that process is proven to be a bit slower than, than many had decided. So, um 
I think there's a there's a big question mark as to about what exactly is going on. But the other thing we shouldn't lose sight is that in terms of the level, um, the 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 level of the, you know job ads is still yeah. pretty elevated. It's just come yeah. off its peak, but it's still very elevated. And it's still sort of suggesting that level of the man is still pretty strong, mm. and, and it favors you know further further tightening in the labor market at this stage. Now this is curious. Retail card spending in New Zealand fell 0.2 percent in July. No surprise there. 0.5 percent year on year. We 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 know that things are starting to slow down there. But look at the UK. So we had the retail sales monitor. Now this is not adjusted for price changes. So uh, you know bear that in mind. But this number is bounced back up at 2.3 percent month on month in July, which is 10.6 percent higher than in July. 2019 before the pandemic so they are spending like crazy now obviously this isn't uh, as i say this is based on price not 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 volume but even so that much higher than before the pandemic they're out shopping well and so do you know that's been one of the sort of interesting themes so far in terms of the economic data flow coming from the uk is that the uk is still showing the economy is showing quite uh, quite a lot of resilience mm. um and um, uh, it's been one of the kind of question marks in terms of, you know, the PMIs that we got, for instance, that Europe started showing some weakness, and yet the UK was still um, um, sort of still on expansionary mode. So um, we think that um, it's, it's not unlikely to last in a sense, that because, because given, given the huge amount in terms of price increases and, and other leading indicators telling us the economy will be facing even further struggles, plus, uh, you know, further increases in, in rate hikes from the Bank of England. So all of that will eventually bite. Uh, but at the moment, yeah. uh, as you point out, it's, it's, it's somewhat surprising that the, the economy is, is remains resilient. Well, they did have bad news uh, today. It was reported a lot in the uh, news in the UK that uh, a company that does modelling of, of energy prices, Cornwall Insights, uh, they reckon the average home energy bill is going to rise to £3,582 a year now compared to what Ofcom, the regulators, have predicted of £2,800 a year. That number just keeps going up. And then that's not including the fact that Norway, which provides quite a bit of electricity to from their hydropower to Europe, and to the UK, they are facing water shortages. You need lots of water for hydropower. And so they might stop exporting electricity. So that could just add to the worries in Europe, but also to, to the UK as well. So those energy prices, we just see them just rising more and more in that part of the world. So, uh, yeah, that is, that, that's obviously going to have a big impact on inflation. It looks like it's, it's, it's not going to go down anytime soon. Yeah. And um, I suppose a few points to make. Uh, in terms of the electricity dynamics, it's the, the, the normal way export of electricity to the uk is around two percent um so it's not no, it's not the main driver but it will certainly contribute to it um we think that the, the other perhaps more important dynamic there is is the, the move up in gas prices um that is also coming from asia so what we're seeing for instance south mm. korea now you know trying to get ready for for winter and they're, they're building up prices um and it's essentially they're competing for for that limited demand or supply of gas with Europe and yeah. um, and for the UK, those prices that you see in Europe are effectively the ones that get affected for for the UK as well. So um, it's it's hard to disagree that you know we haven't yet seen a decline or an ease in terms of those price pressures coming in in energy and and at the moment as we head towards winter, 
um, you know, that, that competition for that limited supply, is, it, it's still telling us that the, the risk is that we might see higher prices. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and as you say, the global impact of that, as a, you know, it's a global market. Everyone's competing to try and get their share of it. Look, we've got inflation today. It is really inflation day. U.S., uh, China, and uh, the final revision for Germany as well. We, we also get uh, PPI numbers for China as well. Uh, so the U.S. inflation number, well, it might come down. Uh, it was a big surprise last time, of of course. So you'd expect that hopefully it's going to come down. Um, if it doesn't, <laughs> I guess we can expect quite a market reaction. But I mean, we're expecting an adjustment, aren't we, today? Yeah, that's right. So I suppose um, there's a few things to note. One, when you think about the, the, the headline number, the, the market is looking for a niece in that headline number from 9.1 to 8.7. So still pre-elevated levels, but certainly the good news will be, will be that uh, headline has stopped rising. Um, but more importantly, from a monetary policy perspective, is, is the core reading, so the ex-food and energy number. Yeah. And that one is still expected to be pretty punchy and it's expected to actually to rise from 5.9 to 6.1. So um, we think that overall, that that's probably the number that's going to matter more for markets. Uh, and at the moment, uh, if the forecast is right, we're still seeing that core reading rising um, and it, it, it will effectively keep the pressure on the Fed to, to remain quite hawkish and, and to continue to talk up the risk of further rate increases in, in the US. Well, they, they, they're the numbers that are rising, of course, food and energy. But I guess that the, the point is that the Fed can't control those. So that's why, you know, it's what happening, what happens with the things that they can influence that, that's the concern. So, yes, there will be quite a lot of focus in, in terms of the details for the core reading. And, and in particular, for instance, we, we know that the cost of living rents have been increasing quite significantly in, in, in the US over recent months. And at the moment, the expectations are that that will continue at least towards the end of the year. So, uh, and as you say, those are the ones that, those are the details within the CPI that will be important because that's where the Fed believes it can have an influence. Um, and at the moment, it suggests that the Fed still has a bit of work to do in terms of bringing inflation down. Yeah, and then, you know, when prices do level off, prices stop increasing and we, we find ourselves, you know, plateauing at a brand new level, you know, there's the question about what, how, how is the, the wealth divide, you know, has that widened as prices find this new level and what's that going to have an impact that's going to have on, on long-term spending? So there's that question. But look, uh, we also have a couple of Fed speakers, don't we, coming up after. I think they're, they're talking after those CPI numbers have been released, so, uh, but talking very much about them uh, or about inflation. Uh, Charles Evans from the Chicago Fed and Neil Kashkari from the Minneapolis Fed are going to be talking. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they say and whether they're going to give anything away, particularly if it's a surprising number. Uh, whether they'll give us a, a sort of like almost like an immediate Fed response. Yes, no, it will be. So both of them are speaking a couple of hours later. Um, so yeah. it will be interesting because uh, Fed Evans has been quite, um, he's sort of centrist, if you like, within the views. Um, and uh, Kashkari has tended to be a little bit less hawkish than others. Uh, but certainly, um, they're both discussing the economy and Kashkari in particular is actually his title of the discussion is on inflation. So mm. it will be a very timely, um, you know, speech, if you yeah. like. All right. So what about China's CPI? Uh, that is not expected to ease at all, is it? It's expected to pick up, but it's only at two and a half percent. But And we also have a central bank that is a long way from tightening there. Quite the opposite, in fact. So we get that. But also we get PPI, and I guess that's that's more interesting, isn't it? Because that you know that that if that comes down, that will surely be a positive sign from uh, for, for everywhere, 
that you know inflation might be coming down, if, particularly for countries that have high levels of imports from China. Yeah, that's right. So China, if you like, is the manufacturer of the world, and uh, the the decline or the expected decline in terms of the PPI um, serves you know fuels that view that um, the China exports uh, are likely to remain in terms of a lower prices. Uh, and that will contribute, if you like, will potentially be a deflationary force uh, for, for the world economy. So, so suppose that theme has been uh, at play for a couple of months now, and more the same as expected. And and within the the CPI for China, um, as much as the, the it's, it's low numbers and it doesn't put or keeps uh, allows the PBOC to remain on an easy easy mode. Um, the details will be important because the rise in the headline inflation in China is expected to be coming mostly from food prices. And again, that's not a really good story for uh, so for the demand side or the domestic side in, in, in China as well. Yeah, right. And Germany and uh, I think Italy as well, we get the final. The, these are final numbers, the revisions for uh, for their CPI. So that's happening as well uh, later on today. Uh, but look, it's, it's going to be an interesting day, isn't it? I mean, the market is going to react one way or the other uh, with those CPI numbers out of the United States. We've been waiting all week for it. So they're here at last. Uh, good to talk, Rodrigo. We'll catch you uh, next time. Thanks. Cheers, Phil. And there we are. We'll see what the day brings. I'm back again tomorrow morning for another edition of The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then. 